Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Everybody and welcome back to Active Quest episode 66. I'm one of your hosts, Joseph Yaden, and joining me today is the still sickly Chris Penwell. I don't understand why you're still coughing. Uh, no, it's and, just allergies from, now, I think. From okay, just... you started your cough in January <sighs> and it is yeah. now the end of April, still the same cough. I I'm, I'm really sick of it and also I think it's cuz I'm very unfit. But you can keep an eye on my fitness um, routines and you know what's <laughs> going on with that right now? Uh, on uh, the Go Beyond My Hero Academia podcast with Vaughn Hyde. And we have <laughs> a segment called A Hero's Journey where I'm trying to lose weight to, um, you know, <laughs> become a hero, I guess. That's, That's fucking really. badass. Yeah. Uh, well, right now is a perfect time to do that since we're all locked indoors against our will. Uh, on that note, I've been doing yoga I've been doing a 30-day yoga challenge. I'm on day six, I think, now. And it is just... I'm in horrible shape as well. <laughs> um, You're in pain, aren't you? Yeah, pain. Just all constant. Just always. You can hear the world crying in pain! Yeah. Uh, Mr. Josh Nichols is joining us as well. Hello, Josh. How are you? I, I'm doing good. I am also out of shape. So, you know, Yay. I'm doing good, too. <laughs> Yay for being out of shape. It's, it's rough because I look like I'm in shape. I, everybody's always like, oh my God, what, why are you complaining? You look great. And I try, like, they do that whole thing where they, like, bend their legs and they try to, like, touch their fingers to the tips of their toes and all that shit. I can't even get, like, halfway to that point and my legs are just in agony. Just excruciating tears. It's a whole thing. It's great. So anyway, this is a, this is a, a fitness podcast, right? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. Quite the opposite. Every 66th episode is just is fitness. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we have a great show today. We're going to be doing a little bit, uh, something a little bit different today. Um, since by the time you hear this episode, it will have been the 20th anniversary of a little time-traveling game called Majora's Mask, or The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, uh, we decided to dedicate an episode to The Legend of Zelda series because it's you know, it's a very beloved series. It's uh, one of my favorite series of all time. I think I speak for all of us when I say that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Zelda's great. And yeah, 
yeah, we wanted to just jump in and, and discuss our favorite Zelda games, what we want to see from a, a sequel, you know, just sort of talking about the series as a whole. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's an important series. So normally we would, you know, deep dive into uh, news and, you know, spend a large portion of the show dedicated to news. Today we, we're just going to quickly cover some things that happened this week. Uh, it, it sort of worked out because this week wasn't very busy with news no. anyway. So, you know, there's just a couple little things to touch on. We'll devote a um, pretty big segment of the show to Zelda. We've got some Zelda-related listener questions that we'll get to. And then we'll just finish with what we've been playing. Um, of course, you can find our show on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow. You can email us at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we all, we all want to make Chris play Red Dead Redemption 2 against his will. God damn so, it. And so you can get us to that point if you uh, get get us to 40 ratings on iTunes. We're currently sitting at 11, so we have a little ways to go, but I think you guys can do it. Um, and, of course, we are part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Um, so, boys, before we get into everything here, I just wanted to catch up with you guys. Have you had a good week? Tell me about that. Uh, I've had a pretty good week, um, pretty productive. I had an interview with Ara Andonian uh, from uh, uh, 103.1 Beach Radio, I believe, and uh, we talked a bunch about him um, interviewing the Prime Minister of Canada. Um, Holy we shit. We talked about comic books. Um, we talked about what it's like in the radio and what it's like with COVID-19 going on around right now. So it, it was a very interesting episode, and that should come out very soon. And this is Let's Speak Geek, right? Yes, episode okay. four. Cool. Josh, have you had a good week? Yeah, it's been pretty good overall. Uh, mostly, um, other than like just like work and like boring grown-up stuff, like dishes and stuff. Other than that, <laughs> it's just been like uh, we started and finished Better Call Saul Season 5, and then I've been oh. playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, hold on. Let's back up a second here. Better Call Saul. I've been watching that as well. I, I've... I've Mo- actually most of what i've done today has been watched better call saw uh i just hit season three so don't don't spoil oh, yeah. anything it's a good show that's a good season too oh my god this show i i didn't think it was possible to follow up breaking bad because obviously that's you know one of the most beloved tv shows of all time but this show does it pretty mm-hmm. well it it's like a I don't know that it's better than it. Some people say it is. I haven't gotten to that. I think point it's yet, at least it is, equally good. You it's know? at least yeah, it's at least equally good. And I think wow. that's impressive because a lot of the times we get like supplementary, like extra, you know, before, during, after, you know, media for existing IPs. It's not always as good. You know? core. <laughs> so, Usually yeah. it's like, oh, I'm yeah, glad good they point, Chris. made more, but I don't think they should have. You know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, and Chris. What, my audio cut out. What'd you say? Legend of Korra. Legend sucked. of Korra. Oh, oh yeah, I've heard I heard a lot of people yeah. Yeah. What I love about this show so much is that, you know, you watch Breaking Bad first and then you fall in love with that as people generally do. But you watch this and then you sort of see a lot of the background of a lot of those characters and it's so it's so fucking cool when a character pops up and you're like, "Ah, I know you. I know what happens to you. Holy shit." It's also cool when you know information about a character that is a potential threat to another character. And, like, you know, like, oh, that's why that character is, you know, um, scary or whatever. And, like, the, the you know, protagonist, like, doesn't. You know, like, that's really cool. We don't always have that. Mm-hmm. 
Like, for example, uh, and I'm just, I'm going to, like, pick an example from, like, one of the earliest episodes from the first season. When you first see Tuco, you know, mm-hmm. the, the two the two kids and, and Saul, they don't exactly know, like, why he's, you know, absolutely well, terrifying. Whereas we're all like, oh, that's, this is not good. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the, the ending of the first episode. He, you know, the, whatever happens in that episode, I'm not going to spoil it. He interacts with the character. You don't know who the character is. And then you see his face and it's fucking Tuco. And you're like, oh, no. And of course, the other characters, like, they don't exactly understand why. The, like, but we, as the viewer, we immediately are like, oh, this is not good. So His poor, his poor abuelita, man. Poor abuelita. <laughs> That's all <I'll> <laughs> to, to bring this back to games, like, do, do you think they could make a really good Telltale series out of this? Mm, I want Rockstar mm. to make a Breaking Bad game. Oh my god, a Rockstar Breaking Bad game would be so cool. I don't know how that I don't think that would ever happen. I don't know how that would work, but uh, there's uh, some elements of that in the Grand Theft Auto 5. There are. It's like a mission or so. two around, yeah. revolving around. Rockstar. If you would have told me a couple years ago, "Hey Josh, one of your favorite games ever will be a cowboy game." I would have been like, "You shut your mouth, sir." <laughs> but now I would say, "Yes, it is good times." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I wish we get though. to 20 reviews before <laughs> It goes on Game Pass because then Chris oh. would have an easy and convenient way to play Red Dead Two. Forty, forty, forty. Damn. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know what I will say though, and and I'm very confident in this statement. Chris was bad mouthing Animal Crossing, and he admitted to me yesterday. Chris, I hope you're okay uh-huh. with me telling everybody yeah, this. That's fine. Yeah. I'm he fine. admitted to me yesterday that he is into Animal Crossing now. He has. Yep, uh, I'm he addicted. Under- he is addicted. He understands the loop, and I am confident. That the same will happen with Red Dead. Here's the thing: this hasn't happened uh, to me for a game for a long time. Like I woke up, I saw the Switch by my bed, picked it up, and started <laughs> playing Animal Crossing at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those games where I'm excited to play it every day because a new yeah. thing happens every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has so to anyway. be experienced. You can't really convince someone Animal Crossing's good like with just words, right? Because describing like, it sounds awful. Oh, it's game a game play. where you pick yeah. flowers and you talk to animals. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound yeah. fun. Um, all right. Anyway, we digress. Go watch Breaking Bad. Go watch Better Call Saul. Go play Red Dead. Go play Animal Crossing. Those are all good things. Um, so yeah, just a couple quick notes to get into before we dive into our Zelda-related topics. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, hasn't been too busy of a week. But um, there are some quick points to note. The first one is that uh, WWE 2K21 has been canceled this year. Or, you know, at least they're skipping a year, taking a year off. Uh, As you guys know, last year's entry, WWE 2K20, was pretty poorly received. And so I totally understand why they're going back to the drawing board. Uh, The other element of this is that development had been switched uh from team to team so it used to be ukes who had uh, been developing it for years almost 20 years something like that and now uh visual is it, what is it visual visual concepts. concepts yeah yeah they had to pick up the actual engine from ukes and then <laughs> they couldn't figure it out within the time period they had like like six months to a year or something like that right so yeah. I-, I bet they're going like oh my god thank god yeah. oh jeez because right. they have to they have to fit the quota due to the WWE license to have a game out every year but due to the covid there's no WWE season really except for like a few weird wrestlemania going that's a good point on. that's a great point oh my god i hadn't even considered that my 
my main mindset with, with this has just been last year's was so bad that they needed more time. But yeah, that's a totally separate thing as well. Interesting. If you guys um, haven't had a chance to see any of the wrestling matches that have <laughs> happened since they haven't had an audience, it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. I don't even watch wrestling. I'm not, I'm not putting it down. I'm just not invested in wrestling. I watched some of the wrestling matches intentionally. I, saw, I sought them out. I looked for them so I could watch them because I had to see this. Dude, there's just something special about... They're like trying to, they're like interacting with a crowd and trying to get the crowd amped up, but there's no crowd there. But they're playing around with that idea though, which I, which I love. Very strange. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait till probably next year before we see some more wrestling, which is fine. Um, next thing, almost a little bit related in in terms of, uh, dates being pushed around and whatnot. Uh, the Uncharted movie uh, has actually been pushed up, which you don't really see too often. Um, it was originally supposed to come out October 8th, 2021, but it has now been pushed up to July 16th, 2021. But who knows? Uh, that movie has been in development hell for the better part of a decade, so I don't know that we'll see. Tom Holland's going to have a very busy year next year. <laughs> yeah. Got, got that uh, Got that Piter-Man. Yeah. And I then, bet he'll have to shoot him back to back and he'll be exhausted at the end. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Josh, this one's for you. I don't know. You Do you like Stadia, Josh? I thought you were... Or was it Chris? Are you? Who, which ones are, are Stadia? I'm excited about I'm, I'm okay, the okay possibilities Stadia, yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, there's going to be a Stadia Connect video out this week by the time you hear this episode. Uh, Tuesday... April 28th, 5 p.m. UK time. And Google said to expect to hear about, quote, a few games coming from Stadia. So Does it say a few games or a few new games? A few new games, yes, thank you. A few okay, new so games. are they actual new games or are they new ports? Resident yeah, Evil 4 Stadia edition, okay. Because yeah. what, if they, what if they show, like, an incredible first-party game and we're like, holy shit, Stadia's come to play now. You know, like, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that could be. They did have an exclusive uh, when it launched or a timed exclusive or something. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but it didn't set the world on fire. No, it didn't. So, will you guys be tuning into this? Yeah, why not? Fuck it. If they (laughs) show Destiny 2 again, though, then I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Josh, what do you think? You going to be tuning into this? No, I'm going to Google it later. I will. I will give them the ad revenue when I click on the links. But I, maybe that will help. I don't know. I just, I'm not excited what about two cents. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not as excited because they they continue to kind of just not handle Stadia well. Like so far, uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, what's his name, Peter Malinuk from like Lionhead for Fable. Oh yeah. You know, like Stadia, uh, ever, like they've they've fallen short of like most of their promises and so just like if anything their conferences make me feel worse about it because they're just a reminder of that hmm. so I'll, hmm. I'll, i don't know I'll, I'll check it out later i want it to succeed i think it's a really cool idea i just don't think that they're doing very good at you know supporting that idea they need a library sure. <laughs> they need games on there. Yeah. it's ridiculous uh well speaking of games you know what uh what system or what service has a lot of games game pass and you know what game is coming to game pass red dead redemption 2 Uh, that is absurd honestly and even if you think those games are boring like some of us do 
uh, <laughs> not gonna say who. Some of us think it's boring. Um, that's still that's a great win for Game Pass. Josh, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's really exciting. I like when a big game comes to Game Pass because then a lot of people that were on the fence or were not interested in checking it out end up checking it out. And I think that's really uh, nice for kind of reigniting uh, excitement in a fan base. You know, so even though I already own this game, uh, I'm excited to kind of, you know, maybe replay a little bit of it and kind of see, you know, kind of vicariously experience people's like playthroughs as they're, you know, kind of like a... uh, Meverse, you know, like that that mm. kind of like re- yeah. that, that kind of thing is kind of what Game Pass does. I think it uh, just makes it really easy for a bunch of people to just start checking out a game that they maybe wouldn't have. And I don't know, it's 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 fun to see people's re- reaction to something that you like. Right now, one uh, thing to note is that this is replacing Grand Theft Auto Five, which I think is kind of strange. Uh, I wish that weren't the case because I think those are two really important games that uh, you know a lot of people should play, but. I'll- Although it's not like it's not like GTA needs the money, right? Like it's it's fine. Like people are buying that game yeah. still. So yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, still pretty huge that Rockstar continues to work with Microsoft uh, for this stuff. Um, they probably want to prop up the multiplayer on Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah, and try to build some hype from that. Um, sure. Yeah, I just wonder if uh, Rockstar and Inter- uh, and Microsoft are going to work on something together or i don't know something crazy like that yeah yeah i'm not sure they um i don't know do they have a history of working together in the past yeah remember um oh what was his name the guy he ran esports ea sports after microsoft uh, uh he had that, that grand theft Auto 4 tattoo when they first announced gta oh, 4 oh, oh i E3. think I, oh i think i kind of remember that i don't know who yeah. that is but yeah yeah huh. so that's a big deal yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, if you guys have Game Pass, go check out Red Dead. Uh, and if you don't have Game Pass, I don't know what you're doing. It's, you're wrong, basically. <laughs> um, all right. Last story here before we jump into some Zelda talk. Uh, for whatever reason, PAX West has still not been canceled. I don't understand why. It is uh, September. It's pretty far away still. Yeah, but the thing is, is a lot of conferences that, that occur around that same time have already been canceled. So it's just strange mm. that, like, you know, the the company in charge of PAX is, like, still trying to make this happen. I don't know. Seems really uh, irresponsible. That's what I think, though. What about you? Josh, do you think PAX West is going to happen? Um, I, I hope it doesn't. Um, but I could see it potentially happening responsibly if we make the strides we need to as far as treatment vaccine etc goes but outside of that i hope it doesn't and, and i would think that they would cancel it well it won't it won't happen just because of the personal distance oh social distancing even I mean, this even the states just, that are relaxing early are still saying that you shouldn't have events in more than like 10 or 15 people yeah you know yeah. so mm-hmm. hopefully the they do is, a digital thing the thing is though is even if they go through with it like think of all the publishers and developers who just won't show up like that nah, no one will yeah. yeah like like yeah even if the building is open and they're saying pax is ready to go if you don't have you know developers and publishers there then what point is there to have a show this doesn't make any sense here's what i think they'll do um they'll probably cancel pax west and then they'll have this um pass this digital pass like blizzcon does 
where you can watch all the panels and you get create exclusive content or something for yeah. like ten, twenty dollars. And then, you know, they get a little bit of revenue from that a bit. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would I think that might uh, uh something like that might happen. Yeah. You know, we we know that some publishers have been doing or they're planning on doing their own standalone streams as well, sort of Nintendo Direct style. So yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um all right, that's pretty much it for the news. Uh, so, if you guys are ready, why don't we jump into some Zelda talk? You guys ready to go? Yeah! Yeah! Let's talk about some Zelda. Okay, so first of all, happy birthday, Majora's Mask. 20 years old. That's crazy to me that the year 2000, or it came out 1999, or no, 2000. It did. It came, came out, out the day the In PS2 Japan released. originally, yeah. 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 Two, which is pretty um, neat in America, at least. Right. God, 2000 was 20 years ago. Do you guys feel oh, old? God. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Yes. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm in 28 my, this year. Uh, <laughs> in my mind, 2000 was like 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Very strange. Um, anyway, so what we're going to do here is we're going to each talk about our top three favorite Zelda games. And then we're going to talk about what we want from a from the next Zelda game, whether it's a Breath of the Wild sequel or maybe something else. And then we'll jump into listener questions. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. Um, let me kick it over to Josh, actually. Josh... Give us one of your favorite Zelda games, or maybe if you want to do your top Zelda. Or, yeah, why don't we? Yeah, we'll do. Are we doing them in order? What do you think? Or should we round just robin? Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Round, three, we'll do round two, robin. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, okay, all right. Give us your your uh, number three Zelda game of all time, Josh. So my number three is Link to the Past. I haven't finished Link to the Past, but I've I've played a lot of it. Uh, you know, numerous times. I just need to like actually sit down and finish it. But I think that A Link to the Past um, formula is pretty timeless, and I think it's aged, like, perfectly. You know, I don't think it's worse today than it was when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's got a really nice aesthetic. I like the graphics, the music. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of this just goes to the Super Nintendo being just what it was. But I just think that was a really high point for the series. Um, and I think that a lot of games that we've seen in the years uh, since then, uh, Zelda or otherwise have taken a lot of inspiration or indirect inspiration from something that was inspired from that game. Um, And I think gaming is better because of it. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, And it's one of those games that, like like you said, it holds up still not just in its gameplay and its sort of presentation, but like visuals i think it Mm -hmm. that that art style is so timeless right and that's why you still get zelda games that sort of look like that uh whether it's something like link between worlds or you know even even like you know game mainline games that came out after that like uh minish cap or whatever it is oh man minish cap is so good too yeah one of my favorite capcom games which a lot of people don't remember that that was (laughs) Mm -hmm. um cool yeah Link to the Past, I don't think you're going to get any arguments from anybody on that. Uh, Chris, your number three Zelda game. Okay, first thing I want to say is, 
I did not play as many Zelda games as I originally thought. Um, I've played about two. I finished two, and then played quite a few casually. But so I've never really, really got into the series, you know. But I, I want to. And the the problem is, is that Nintendo um, is really bad at b- the back catalogue. Like I'd love to play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on my on the, on my Switch, right? But I can't. Yeah. Um, and I've missed out on the Wii U era. I've missed out on the GameCube era. So I've missed a lot of Zelda games. And uh, when I played uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask originally. Um, I was very little, right? And I tried Ocarina of Time on 3DS and I felt it was quite uh, archaic in its puzzle design and I didn't really like its dungeon design that much. So I'm a bit limited in my choices today. Uh, But I will say this. My third game is Phantom Hourglass. Interesting. Very controversial. Yes, it is. But go Um, ahead. I just think the visual style on the DS is really cool. I, I love how you can use the stylus to uh, solve puzzles in the dungeons. That's, that's, that's a fantastic implementation of um, the hardware. And then um, I just liked going around the ship and uh, exploring new areas and stuff like that. You know, um, I was I was a kid at the time uh, while playing this, but you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a really cool concept for a game. I think with the DS and um maybe we'll see that style again um i yeah i have played multiple zelda games on the 3ds before as well but uh i don't know just the old classics just didn't you know <laughs> um appeal to me so i don't know yeah i'm with you on that um what, what's cool about Fan- phantom hourglass is that it's a technically it's a sequel to wind waker um, yes so, like, the Zelda timeline is very weird, as you guys know. There are, like, multiple timelines and alternate timeline, all this different stuff. And so, uh, in one of the timelines, Phantom Hourglass and then Spirit Tracks both take place after Wind Waker, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's the best one on the DS, Phantom Hourglass. Uh, I think a lot of people like that one more than Spirit Tracks. So, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Um, so, my number three is Majora's Mask. Uh oh. What a cool game. All right, so it's Majora's Mask is interesting because it was developed in, God, something like 18 months, um, you know, just shortly after the release of Ocarina of Time, which, of course, although I agree with you, Chris, that it's it doesn't hold up as well, it's you still can't deny the importance of Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah, for and sure. So, I, I can't and, deny it either. Yeah. Right. And so Nintendo, you know, had to follow that up, which is no easy task right and they somehow did and i think a, i think majora's mask is a better game than ocarina which i know is controversial <laughs> to say, but, but what i love about majora's mask so much is that sort of impending doom idea right where the whole game spoilers for a 20 year old game the whole game the moon is crashing down on the earth and you know you have to slowly watch the townsfolk come to terms with that and so when you first talk with them a lot of them are just like oh yeah this is fine and then as the the time progresses like as you get closer to day three or seven you know the 72 hour mark um they sort of just start to deteriorate mentally and you get to see that unfold and it's very very dark and it's something that even to this day is pretty dark right and especially 20 years ago yeah Um, they haven't gotten near that that really too much with Zelda since then either, you know, it's like exactly kind of like on its own. Right. It's still, I think the darkest Zelda game in terms of not aesthetics, but in terms of Twilight like, princess is con- close. Yeah, it is. 
It is. It is. But yeah, I mean, something about the idea of the world ending and everybody has to just face that is just so strange. And yeah, I mean, I love the there's this concept of death that goes with it that, I get, you know, I don't wow. I guess you I don't know if you guys have. Well, Chris, I guess you haven't finished Majora's Mask. Have you finished it? I, I haven't actually played uh, I haven't Mask finished it. I've played a fair amount, and I've read a lot about it. It's, okay. I'm going to play the 3DS remake, event, like, finish it on there eventually. But it, it's, I, I really like, I like the same stuff that you're you're saying, though. Yeah. And honestly, like, a lot of people don't like it as much as Ocarina because of the lack of dungeons. There are only, I think, four main dungeons. I'm totally cool with that. Like, I am totally fine with... There, you know, there being fewer dungeons and well, and there's just more depth to them. So it's like there's less of them, but there's like they're they're like bigger dungeons. There's more stuff right. going on. Yeah, and God, I would love to see a modern version of that, like a remake or something, and and Ocarina. Chris, you and I were discussing this yesterday. So yeah, that's my number three. Um, Josh, what is your number two Zelda game? Uh, my number two is Ocarina of Time 3D, and I say 3D because I can't play the original because it looks like butt it just it's too much for me i don't think it's aged very well um i have trouble recommending the n64 version unless you grew up with that and can pop on the rose colored glasses sure but i mean without that i just don't you know and really the 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 3ds remake is just um it's just like it's just it took everything that was great about ocarina of time and it refined it made it better i mean they even did a good job with the graphics by being like okay what did we want this to look like and right. so they actually use the concept art from when they made the original game. And That's cool. It's just an all-around wonderful game. It was my first Zelda game, too. Um, I didn't play a Zelda game until I got a 3DS, which was in 2012. And, of course, I, I think I picked up, like, like five or six games when I bought my 3DS. And um, Ocarina of Time was one of the first ones I grabbed. And I didn't know much about it other than this is supposed to be, like, you know, a really good game. So I should, you know, I should play it now. And um, I I really really enjoy that game. I think it's um, I think it's the way to play it. And I hope that they uh, at some point put the, uh, a version of Ocarina of Time 3D on the Switch and just kind of make it so it works, you know, without the touchscreen stuff, so you can play it on your TV. Um, not because the touchscreen stuff's even bad, but just so it can be experienced, you know, naturally with a controller on the on the TV. Because I, I don't think Ocarina of Time deserves to be left on the N64 or the 3DS. Yeah, yeah, that's what annoys me. Like, I'd love to see a remake on the Switch mm-hmm. um, that's running on the Breath of the Wild engine. That's what I was talking about with Joseph. Be and perfect. I think it would be amazing just to have like a Final Fantasy VII remake, kind of like scale Ocarina of Time. God, yeah, that'd be so that'd be awesome. Great. Yeah, that's the thing too. I mean, it is an important game, and there are like I, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> game still, even though it, it doesn't hold up as well. Um, it's tough to play though. I think even the 3DS version is a little bit hard to go yeah. back to. I, I um, couldn't play it. I got but, I, I got stuck so many yeah. times. Jesus, but where do I go next? Oh right? you, yeah, but you you like have to use a guide with the game, which you know can be good or bad depending on how you want to enjoy it. If you were just gonna play it and like, no, I want to figure it out, man. There were so many times where I just want I'm just gonna figure this out on my own. I'm not gonna use a guide. And 20 minutes later, I'm like, I'm just gonna use a guide because I can't figure this out. And there are times where I would get the solution in a guide, and I'm like, how would I have thought to do that? Why would yeah. I? Why would I have thought? There's no way I would have thought to go talk to this person next to do this part of the quest. So there are some parts of the game design that, no matter how much you clean up the, you know, the the game under the surface and the graphics and the sound, it, it, it the, the game's design is 
you know, uh, definitely uh, rooted in the year it came out and regardless of what you do to it. So yeah, a full-on remake with the assets of uh, the 3D, you know, 3DS version would be would be ideal because you guys are right. There are definitely some aspects that just didn't age well and I had to use a guide a lot. Right. Um, cool. Uh, so who are we? Uh, Chris, is it? Yeah, you're up next. Yeah, What's it's your, my son. What is your number two Zelda game? Number two Zelda game, and it was one of my favorite games of all time uh, during the Wii era, and that's Twilight Princess. Oh man, I'm rolling up my sleeves for this one. Here we go. (laughs) All right. Here's here's the thing. This game just hooked me. Like it was a game that I played with my dad. We figured out all the puzzles together, and um, it's kind of a special game to me in a way. Like just the just the visuals are so stunning. Um, I I really like the whole Twilight kind of look to the game. I, I think it's very fascinating, and it's just deep that delves you further into the wild world. Um, I do like the the mechanic of like turning into a wolf. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, I do um, like that. Yeah, and the the music, dude. The music's so atmospheric, and it's just oh, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I I, I, I I found the story kind of interesting. You know, story isn't a big thing in The Legend of Zelda, but I think it really did well to match the story and the um, the world itself and like make a fantastic game from it. Um, it felt very cinematic at parts as well. I, I still remember the Bridge of Elden section where you're going against King Bulbo or something like that. Yeah. And that was so sick as like you won that kind of joust and you see Link kind of celebrating um, as the kids are watching him, right? So I'm just like, dude, this is fantastic. Um, I don't remember I don't remember the temples as much, which is one of your criticisms, Joseph. Yeah. Um, but like to me, like it just it just blended so well. Just the the combat mechanics um, and how it taught you through um, that old hero. That was a really cool element to, to the game. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it, it, it's just very striking. I, yeah. I think it's a very striking entry I, in the series. What's interesting too is uh, it's the only Zelda game that's that has a rated uh, a T rating. Yeah, it's it gets creepy, dude. I, I, that's why I was saying like... It's, this is probably the darkest Zelda game because I was honestly scared at some points of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it especially does get... when there was like a, I think there was like a sword running through Zelda multiple times or something like that. Right. God. I yeah. Um, I remember when that came out too. People were were pretty upset. Uh, you know, with the, with the style change. You know, well, why is Zelda getting so dark? And you know, it's it has a it, that sort of unique art style. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and shit on your entry here because uh-huh. if, it's, if it's making your top three, it's obviously very important to you. But uh, many people know that Twilight Princess is my least favorite Zelda game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm not going to just run down why I hate it so much. But but yeah, you did mention that my criticisms uh, fall into or my criticisms of the um, of the dungeons are, are pretty prominent. And yeah. I don't like the horse controls. I don't like how long the tutorial is. I mean, there's just there's a number of nitpicks I have with that, but um, I do appreciate. It does have a slight beginning, yeah. Yeah, um, I do. One thing appreciate... I think is interesting with Zelda Two is that the even a uh, even the Zelda games aren't as good are still arguably pretty good games, right? And I think yeah. that's kind of a testament to the quality of the series, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Like if Twilight Princess or Spirit Tracks or Phantom Hourglass, I'm naming those three because those ones I, I think are more divisive. If those games were a completely different IP and weren't from Nintendo, I think they would get better reception, you know? Sure. I think Twilight Princess is a great game. Thank you very much. So. <laughs> uh, I'm with you the tutorial, game. though. It's a great game. That's always what got in the way for me. I tried to play the Wii U remaster <laughs> a couple of times, and I, I wasn't like consciously like, I'm not playing this. This is dumb. But it was just... The tutorial being so long and so weighty just made me... I wasn't motivated to play it because I didn't want to go through all that stuff. You right. know, so I'd play other games instead. But, and so, I don't know. And something small I want to mention about Twilight Princess as well is the sound design was amazing. Like, this, the the, the, the the little sounds that Midna made were really cool. Um, mm-hmm. The menus, the, um, the way like the Twilight portals kind of show up and it has that kind of sound is really, really awesome <laughs> yeah isn't twilight princess the one where um when they like when they announced it like people were crying like yeah they were just so moved by it mm-hmm. that was yeah, the legendary was, yeah. e3 moment yeah, uh, yeah. what i will when, say too uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead chris go ahead uh when uh miyamoto came out with a high uh, um with a sword and shield oh that's oh, right yeah. yeah with the that master so sword cool. yeah that was awesome um what i was gonna say is uh so Twilight Princess is, I think, the game that is most similar to Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah. I think in the timeline, it, it takes place directly after Ocarina of Time, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it's it's a game that, like, if you really liked Ocarina of Time, you most certainly should play if you haven't already, you know, because they're so, you know, deeply connected to one another. Um, yeah, so uh, not my favorite <laughs> Zelda game, but... Uh, You're wrong. Okay, we'll, we'll fight. Chris. Why don't we, do, uh, we, we should uh, we should have like a debate, and Josh can be the the middleman. Uh, the <laughs> I need to replay it again because it's been. The I, I do too. I do too. I've got a uh, a sealed copy of the remaster soundtrack too. I can mail to you sometime. Um, oh my god! I've just got a bunch of random shit from you know working at GameStop, and like you know, I know I that. That. It, it sounds like it's really important to you, so I'll mail that to you. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, let me talk about my number two. My number two is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Um, this, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was my first Zelda game that I ever played. Wind Waker. Um, it's, man, what a special game. Uh, it's, it's just so wild to just, like, be able to sail around and be out in the open and you know that art style and that that crazy ending that brutal ending that you just don't see coming or at least you don't see coming oh, sh- i'm actually gonna take my earphones for this because i can't i'm not gonna talk about it i'm not gonna talk about it okay 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 um it it's just so brutal though <laughs> like like con- compared to the art style right yeah um and then there's a little bit of a twist there which i think is cool but yeah man something about just like sailing around that that world and and being like a pirate almost and the sort of like the message in a bottle mechanic that was implemented in the, the Wii U version. Um, the, by the way, the Wii U version is the best version. Um, but yeah, just that timeless art style, that sort of the music of course is fantastic. The, the combat, the, the sense of charm, the, the characters. Uh, oh my God. I just on, like, honestly, it might be like one of my favorite games of all time. And up until the release of my, my uh, favorite Zelda game, which I'm sure you guys can probably guess <laughs> what it is, um, Wind Waker was my favorite, and I, I would love to be able to play that on Switch. I think that's sort of Please. the sentiment. 
and that's the sentiment, right? With this whole topic, please mm-hmm. port everything to Switch. Port all of these Zelda games to Switch. Uh, make them playable in a modern context. Um, I also love that you know that the music aspect. You know, because obviously there's a there's music is an important uh, aspect of many of the Zelda games. I love how it's implement, implemented in this game, where you have to play the ocarina you know the songs on not not on ocarina the songs with the wind waker and you have to do that to get certain things to happen in the game it's just really cool i love the sounds i love the art i love the art direction i love how you know the characters they don't have like you know they don't talk right but they they still have so much personality and they make noises like that (laughs) yeah and unlike Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, I think Wind Waker will still look good 20 years after its release. Yes. Yeah. You know? Just like Akami. Yeah, exactly. Which came out, I think, the same year as Twilight Princess, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, 2006, yeah. 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 Uh, have either of you guys played The Wind Waker? Yes. Unfortunately, no. Um, that's, that's something that would be definitely on my list. Uh, if how would you even. Switch release, I'd get that day one, dude. Yeah, like, like, how take my money, Nintendo? If you wanted it. to play that now, how would you? You would have to get a Wii U, I guess. Yeah, Wii U or a GameCube, and it's tricky to play it a GameCube without it looking really rough because unless you have a standard definition TV, and even yeah. then you want it to be a good model like a Sony Trinitron. Um, <laughs> those are really good for like in the retro community because of the way they do the scan. Um, but the uh, GameCube, there is like two different models as far as like uh skews for like the way it's designed and um, only one of those models is capable of doing an hd output and then on top of that the hd uh cable was mail order only they didn't just sell them in stores and so they're really rare and they're really expensive if you ever look up the hd cables for the gamecube and the technology was never released and they haven't been able to reverse engineer it and nintendo hasn't released the information so you pretty much can't play that in HD without spending a lot of money natively on the GameCube. And the reason I mention all that is because, you know, we've all played older games on HD TV. They end up looking really weird. And this game is no exception. It just doesn't, it just, it's really blurry. It's hard to explain, but the, 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 the Wii U version is just, it's, it's gorgeous. It's stunning. I think yeah. if you can't get your hands on a Wii U, what you, sh- what you might be able to do is play the GameCube version on a Wii. Cause, yeah. Because the launch yeah. versions of the Wii, and I think the the whole first run of them, um, yeah, the, for the first like year or so, can play can like 480p. Yeah, they can play GameCube games, and so it's much <laughs> easier to find the component cables for a Wii, and then you can try doing it. Then that a way. GameCube, oh my god, they're they're like 180 bucks or something like that. Yeah, exactly. and then that's on top of like Zelda being 50 bucks. Right. Um, yeah, the Wind Waker, even even a good deal, complete in box, you're looking at like 50 bucks. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, the, again, please bring these to Switch Nintendo. Holy moly. Um, all right, Josh, give us your favorite Zelda game. Go. So my favorite Zelda game is Wind Waker HD. It's, wow. I, it's it's kind of hard to, like, I don't, like, talk about it that often because people just are like, well, that's not the best one. It's my favorite one. I don't think it's objectively maybe the best on paper. You know, obviously Breath of the Wild and other games have done maybe a lot more for that genre, but it's also kind of like, it's tricky because this game's also like 15 years older than Breath of the Wild. So it's like, of course that game's better, but look what this game did and at the time. And I don't know, it's just, it's it's a really important game. And I think that 
it also got a really bad rap for a long time because people oh were just God, determined yeah. to dislike it because, you know, Link looks like a little cartoon <laughs> mm-hmm. baby. But, I mean, I, I've, I've got the Amiibo of him in my desk, and I just, I don't play Smash Brothers. I bought it because I just, I love Wind Waker. It's my, it's my favorite. Um, everything that you said is just kind of, you know, where I'm at with it. The, just the aesthetic, the, 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 the graphics, the music. It's just, it's just such a fun and warm experience. And yeah. it also it hits story beats that are not always warm, but like just it's just I don't know. It just it's it's got so many uh, good moments, both positive and, and and also of course like you know you know suspense and stuff. It's just a really good uh, time. It's just really good, and it's not it's it's not even all hinged on uh, Zelda. It, it's not even so it's not even great because it's a zelda game it, it would be a great game even if it wasn't zelda you know like it's just a great game right and i it, when you're when talking about you know specific moments that that uh you know you said there are so many great moments in the game one of my most memorable moments is i remember just like tearing up while sailing and the music yes, sort of swells yeah. up and mm-hmm. you're not even like doing anything you're just sailing <laughs> but like the way the water looks and the way the music is combined with the aesthetic it's just like it's perfect it really is mm-hmm. and i remember tearing up going whole oh, dude i could sail around in this game forever like it's just it was so, so much fun awesome. and yeah. and if you get if you play it on wii u um you can get a different kind of sail it's optional you don't have to but you can get a different kind of sail that makes you sail faster and a little differently yeah. without getting too into the weeds with it and of course the reason for that was uh back when this game was in the gamecube they couldn't have you sail faster than the game could load the world Right, but of course that's not a limitation now. So, and I'm only mentioning that because I know a lot of people. I've heard them say I wanted to like that game, but I didn't like that I couldn't sail, you know, faster. Well, they fixed that, of course, in the remaster. So you should, if that was your hang up, then you should definitely, you know, replay yeah. it. But it's 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 fantastic, and it, it definitely deserves to be. I think in at least the same paragraph as um, when when like the best Zelda games are being discussed because it may not do everything the best but it does a lot of things really well yeah um all right chris what is your favorite zelda game uh i think you have the same one as me so yeah we do uh <laughs> it's breath of the wild <laughs> and you know what's interesting is you played it recently like you didn't play it when yeah. it came out no 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 i played it but i think i played it last year yeah i remember yeah. when we when i think it we were talking about it and like our favorite games that you, we've played of 2019 or something right something like that yeah so cool yeah why tell us about why you love breath of the wild so much uh yeah it's just uh super open it constantly surprises you with new mechanics and um fascinating parts about the world and um i just love the freedom you have you know you, you can go to hyrule castle at any point to face off against the ganon but it really directs you to find all the four different guardians who each have a really cool personality and so you grow to love them and then you know it's a, it's a shame they're not able to be used in future uh games <laughs> yeah um but so I, I love just exploring the world it's very minimalistic which is fantastic just because you're, you're getting all that um the, the the sounds of the environments and um, the game, the world itself is a puzzle because like, um, how do you get from this, from here to the other place, to the other um, section area. of the um, area, right? Yeah. So like, you gotta chop down a tree, for example. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, interesting things like that. And then you got awesome puzzles um, that are quick and snappy um, that give you uh, upgrades and things like that. So I, I just, yeah, I just absolutely love this game, dude. And then the story and how it all comes together. Um, I haven't even seen like the Zelda um, flashbacks, which I oh. really need to get um, when yeah, I get the- Breath of the Wild again. Yeah, there's like 12 of them or so that you have to find yeah. on the map. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, obviously, this game is like, you know, widely regarded as one of the greatest games of all time. But what's interesting is that there are still a lot of people who don't really consider it a great Zelda game. Like, I think it's it's pretty close to unanimous that it's a great game, but it's very different from the rest of the Zelda games. Obviously, the, I, the... I would say differently just because it's kind of like bringing back the original Zelda in a way. Yeah. That's, that's what um, the creator of the Zelda series, Aiji... Um, Onuma. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said that um, it's kind of a refresh of the original concept of uh, going around the world and exploring and having an adventure, right? Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, by the way, what I was saying before, it's not what I think. I'm just saying that... Oh, yeah, for of- sure. A lot of people don't consider it like a great Zelda game because they don't think it's very Zelda-like. And to an extent, I, I guess I agree in that, you know, there aren't that many dungeons and instead of the dungeons, there are the shrines and all that stuff. But I I think the shrines are pretty much like dungeons. Like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah so... They could be themed better, so that's something they could put in the sequel. But Yeah. When they announced yeah. Ocarina yeah, exactly. of Time... Originally, though, there were a lot of polarizing things that were said, and people were like, oh, Zelda can't work in 3D. Why would they do this to my beloved franchise? Right. It's just, <laughs> it's new and it's different. And the thing with Zelda is the series has always been one to build off of innovations, not only in technology, but just in internal research and what can we do differently next time. And so it's not common for a Zelda game to not get its due uh, in terms of, you know, reception and love, you know, three to five years later. Like, Wind Waker was, like, just shit on by a lot of people for oh years. God, and yeah. then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, wait a minute, this Wind Waker game's pretty great. <laughs> and it aged well. And that's just how I think most of the games are. I think Breath of the Wild, I think a lot of people will come around in Breath of the Wild in a few years, you know? Right. and That and haven't. That haven't. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. it, obviously, we're sort of... Uh, brushing to the side that that it's still like you know one of the greatest oh yeah it's incredible games, yeah. um yeah uh, so i guess i'll just sort of piggyback off of chris it's my favorite zelda game as well um i guess what i really love about this game are the stories you can tell about it and yeah. it's like sort of meta in a way because for example if you play you know something more linear uh, like a Walking Dead game, or even 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 you know something like Persona that's a lot more open, but still you know somewhat li- uh, linear. Your experiences with those games are going to be pretty much the same, give or take a little bit. But with Zelda or with Breath of the Wild, it's like I I mean I could have experienced this whole crazy thing that you haven't seen at all, and and you have your own unique story, and then you know Josh has his. It's like. It, it's just so crazy, like these different unique little things that just sort of pop up and and may never happen for anybody else. And that's what I love so much about this. Um, yeah, just like seeing these things unfold bef- that that seems like they're almost made specifically for you in that moment. I just think that's really cool. Um, I love sort of like 
everything you have to earn in the game because you start out and you just have sticks and stuff you know like <laughs> you're literally naked <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah and, and then, naked, yeah. yeah and then by the time you 100 percent the game you're just a fucking monster like you're just mm-hmm. such a badass right and I, and if you do the dlc you're even more of a badass um yeah man i love the emphasis on combat in this game too like i feel like it's the most technical combat out of all the Zelda games, which I really appreciate. I I don't want to compare it to like Dark Souls or anything because I feel like that's overdone. But it's like, it's definitely, for, if you're a fan of like action games, it's something that you would definitely be into if you haven't played. The it's Zelda important game. that you mention that though because this is Zelda in a post Skyrim, post Dark Souls world, and influence can be felt, you know, in it, you know, for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Not just in 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 kind of simplifying some aspects, it like you know for for better. But um, also just from kind of borrowing stuff, Nintendo did say that Skyrim was a big part of the influence in its development because it was their first, you know, open world game. And I feel that influence because for me, one of the shining moments in Breath of the Wild that I don't think it's talked about enough when it's being praised is it's one of the first Zelda games where I found myself being able to focus more on the world instead of spending time in menus and like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And so the game's really strengthened by that because it, you just get to get lost in the experience and the immersion's higher because of how so many aspects are streamlined. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and it's an evolution of um, side missions as well in an open world game, I think. Like, it's more natural in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. You just kind of bump into stuff to do. You just bump into sense. stuff, yeah. Like the Master Sword, for example. Or, right. You know, yeah, which is really cool, by the way. I don't want to spoil that that whole section. No, no, no. Really, I really think cool. one of the best things, uh, one of the best ways to sell somebody on this game, and this is going to sound strange, but I just think it it just it just does, is uh, Donkey's video on Breath of the Wild because he shows all kinds of just like he 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 really shows like in this game, Nintendo really focused on the framework and the world and how everything works in it to the point where if you think you can do it in this game, then you can. Like, right. there's not yeah. really any limitations on, on how things work. The game presents its set of rules, and you learn that game's language and the, the game's set of rules for the game design, and then you can just do whatever you want within that, you know, frame. And it it it, it helps make the experience your own experience because there there's not always a set way to do something. Right. And that's what's so cool about it. Like, for example, if you need to get up to a high spot that you seemingly can't get up to, there are like a ton of different ways you can go about doing that. You can light a fire there and then float up with the, you know, with the the smoke or not the smoke, but the the air that gets generated from the fire and then it'll lift you up. Or you can stand on a rock, freeze time, beat the shit out of the rock and then unfreeze time and it'll shoot you up into the air. Like there are all these different ways you can go about handling things and i think that's so yeah. cool and that's why so many people have their own ver- you know their own different stories to tell about it which is you know like i said my favorite part about this game so yeah it's really cool and you know we're supposedly getting a sequel sometime i mm-hmm. i don't know how they're going to follow up with that uh but uh i trust nintendo and i cannot wait to play that um, i hope so we see some one of the biggest sorry Oh, I was just saying, I hope we see some Majora's Mask elements in it. I hope it's kind of like um, Majora's Mask was to uh, Ocarina of Time, where like it's the same kind of engine, but maybe maybe this one's a little bit darker and stuff. And maybe yeah, you have a certain amount themes. of time to save the world, perhaps. Yeah, That'd I think cool. it'd be really interesting. Uh, Chris, what were you saying? Uh, yeah, I just think well, one of the biggest complaints of this game is the weapon breaking, but I kind of like that. 
just because it forces you to play the game differently. Yeah, that's 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 it. Like um, with uh, Legend, the the previous games, it was pretty linear. You know what I mean? Like you have the same weapon throughout the whole game, and mm-hmm. then um, like people were very critical of the linear format of the dungeons and stuff like that over and over again. That was one of the biggest criticisms with Skyward Sword, I think. I think people are just tired of that. So Nintendo reworked it and made it better. That's the thing with Nintendo fans, though. When Nintendo doesn't change something, then they're lazy and need to change something. And then when they do change something, they're dumb and they shouldn't have. (laughs) No matter what, that's what happens. They can never win. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Until um, five years later when everybody goes, oh, damn, that was a good idea, Nintendo. So, <laughs> so we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but let's talk about what we want to see from, you know, a follow-up, whether it's, a bre- you know, what we want to see from Breath of the Wild 2 or maybe something else. Uh, a lot of times Nintendo will do sort of their main big 3D game and then sort of maybe like a side game like a Link Between Worlds or last year we saw Link's Awakening. Um, yeah, uh, I guess let me toss it over to Chris. Uh, you can talk about whatever you'd want, but but just specifically focus on you know what you'd like to see next. Um, I'd like to see a different setting um, of Hyrule, like so- something completely different that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing I remember, like I know it was a bad idea, but like a cyberpunk Zelda or something like that, <laughs> something completely different. Yeah, um, that'd that be really could blow our minds. Um, but also. Um, I, I think the inclusion of voice acting was really cool in Breath of the Wild, and I think they can evolve that a bit further. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like have Link, have Link, have a voice, but I'd like to see uh, multiple choices, uh, like in in the story or something, or um, different ways to interact with characters. Yeah, I'm with you. And oh, by the way, I to- am totally in agreement that the voice acting in Breath of the Wild is fucking fantastic. Yeah, like. I mean, you know, I think it's the first game to have full voice acting, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Oh, no. Am I wrong about that? Skyward I... Sword had a little bit of voice acting, I think. But, yeah, yeah this was the biggest mm-hmm. element of it. I think Zelda talked in Skyward Sword. If I'm Maybe. Wrong. I can't yeah. remember. I, I might be, we might be wrong about that. Anyway, but yeah. the point is, it's, uh, you know, there are lots, there's lots of voice acting, and it's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'd love to see something else. I don't know about cyberpunk, but maybe. No, no, no. That's crazy. But like something off the wall that we never seen before for Zelda. Yeah, interesting. And 3D or 2D? 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely a 3D guy. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Josh, what would you like to see from a new Zelda game? So um, I didn't have to put much thought into this because I've already thought about this in the past. And basically what I'd like to see for the Zelda series is I've got kind of four categories of games that I'd like them to rotate in and out as they see fit for development schedules or just what they feel like making. But I want all of these to exist um, simultaneously. I don't think we ever need to get rid of any of these. So we've got uh, uh, one category I've got here is like 2D isometric top-down, you know, like A Link to the Past, Link's Awakening. I want those to keep happening. Um, And then I've got one here uh, that I call classic 3D, you know, like Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker. I think that can still exist. Yeah. The smaller, more linear Zelda formula. I think that can still exist. I think there's still um, a desire for that. And then, of course, you know, modern 3D Zelda Breath of the Wild. And then I've got a category here like, you know, remakes and reimaginings, not just like Wind Waker HD and Ocarina of Time 3D, but also like Cadence of Hyrule and 
you know, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Kate did some um, high rolls. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I think that um, those, I mean, those, those, those kinds of genres are a, um, I think it's a strength uh, to the testament of the Zelda formula and that you can have that kind of, it's, it's not very common where you can have an IP that like, oh, you can do it this way or this way. Whereas Zelda, you can do it multiple different ways successfully. And we have a, you know, an intellectual property here where we can have a link to the past and, you know, Wind Waker and Majora's Mask, but we can also have Breath of the Wild and Cadence of Hyrule. And I think that Nintendo should, should keep doing that. I don't expect to get, you know, all, 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 all those kinds of games every couple of years, but I'm saying, I think within a decade, we should be able to see at least, you know, one of each, you know, from, from that, those categories because of uh, dev time. And, And I would like to see that because, I, I love I love the two Ds, but I also love you know the the classic three D. But I, I do like the the new direction we're seeing too. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I would like to see, and I think that Nintendo uh, not only could do that, but but should do that. Yeah, I'm totally I with would, you. I would um, love to see Capcom take a shot at Zelda again. Yeah. Have the Devil May Cry team work on it. Oh man. Be- like insane. full on action. That'd be that'd be rad. Some something like that. Yeah, just a little uh, offshoot. Uh, that could be really interesting. Yeah. Shout out to Minish Cap too. Minish Cap, yeah. of course, is from Capcom, and it it was in the Game Boy Advance, and that game was like, it was like a Link Between Worlds before Link Between Worlds, and that like it was building off of you know earlier ideas, but also doing a whole bunch of really cool new shit too. Mm-hmm. And um, I put a lot of time into that on my 3DS because I had the little you know ambassador program thing, and it's a great game. Yeah, I love. And they, they should remaster that for the Switch too. Absolutely, I love the shrinking mechanic. Mm-hmm. Where, where it, it just it, it it opens up so many opportunities for puzzle design when you can shrink yourself like that. So it's really cool. Um, so for me, the one thing I keep thinking of, and obviously I'm not a game designer, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But but um, I don't know if you guys remember, but in uh, Mario Odyssey, where there are those sections where you can change it to 2D. Um, mm-hmm. I keep thinking about that with Zelda and how that could be implemented where you could switch from 3D to 2D within the same game. And I, I, again, I can't, I'm not a game designer, so I can't really think of how exactly that could be implemented, but I would love to be able to do that because I think both are very strong and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of why not both, right? Um, that's what I keep coming well, like back to. Well, like Doom and Wolfenstein did that too. You know, yeah. like that's a cool mechanic and we could totally, that could totally work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Even if it does break the immersion a little bit, who fucking cares? Let me go into the link to the past, you know, type level for five minutes. You know, right? Yeah, and like, you know, something sort of like the messenger in a way, where it changes from eight mm-hmm. bit to sixteen bit, but just taking it a step further. You know, um, yeah, something like that. I don't know how it would work, but I would love to be able to do that. And I think actually, um, a link between worlds uh, is sort of the groundwork of that, right? Because that game is technically it's a it, well, not technically, it is 3D. It's just that sort of top-down isometric view, yeah. right? And so I feel, and then you go, you know, you go into the wall, and then it straight up turns 2D, right? And I think something like that might be able to work, you know, from switching to 3D, like a full 3D, like a Breath of the Wild, to the sort of 2D top-down look. Something like that. I don't know. I just keep thinking about that. <laughs> um, so anyway... We love Zelda. Uh, happy birthday, Majora's Mask. Nintendo, just keep bringing on the Zelda. We're very excited for whatever Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever that sequel 
is going to be called is. Um, and so to sort of end this segment, uh, we have several listener questions uh, here that are Zelda related. So thank you everybody who submitted your questions here. Remember, you can always reach us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow via email at activequestpodcast at gmail.com or on Wednesdays we put up a Twitter thread asking for questions from the audience so you guys can submit that. That's how everybody submitted their questions here. So we'll just go through these and answer them uh, and then after that we'll talk about what we've been playing. So first question up here is from Mr. Grayson Morales, friend of the show, features editor over at Twinfinite. He says, uh, as a big Zelda fan, I have a secret to share. Majora's Mask is the only 3D Zelda game I've ever finished. Uh, what's one game that you guys have played before but have always felt bad about not finishing? This is an interesting question. Uh, Josh, do you have something off the top of your head that you can discuss about this? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming this was not just Zelda specific. Yeah, I right? guess not. Yeah, okay. not Zelda okay, specific. That's, that's, what, that's what I had. So, okay, cool. Um, for me. Um, I almost said Kingdom Hearts, but I'm, I'm working on that because I got the all-in-one collection. So I'll just say Metal Gear Solid. I've never played any of those games, but I would like to. Yeah, interesting. And I'm always embarrassed to be like, oh, no, I haven't played five or four. Or, I just haven't played any of them. You know, like, I know I need to check them out, but yes, you haven't. do. Yes, you do. Uh, cool. Uh, Chris, what about you? I would say Ocarina of Time, just because people have such uh, pedigree for that game and... I, don't, I, I just I just uh, can't get around to it, and hopefully it releases on the Switch and I can redeem myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, interesting. Uh, so for me, uh, what's a game that you have played before but it felt bad? Uh, so I guess Persona 5. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, I have not finished it. I put something like 40, 50 hours into the original yeah. Persona, and then I got Persona 5 Royal and just haven't gotten around. Um, and Red Dead 2. You could say that too. Yeah, you're still working on it, but I'm just mean you haven't you haven't finished it yet. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm going to finish Red Dead though. I I that's gonna happen. Um, that's what you said, right? Red Dead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I just want to make sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But for me, Persona Five, that's one that I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever finish it because it's just so freaking long. It's like 130 hours or something. Um, interesting. Okay, the next question. This is from <laughs> Oh Josh. Uh, George. <laughs> George. George. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show as well. He asks With this pandemic, do you think the new Zelda game will end up getting delayed? When do you think we will actually see Breath of the Wild 2? Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this? I actually. Uh, we, we, we did uh, a fantasy league based on uh, gaming <laughs> for this mm-hmm. year. And uh, whoever gets like, the most points from the Open Critic scores wins, right? So I bet that Breath of the Wild 2 would come out this year. And uh, now I'm a bit hesitant to say it will come out this year. I, I think it's coming out next year. Hmm. March. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's tough. I, I'm with you on that. I feel like it might have been on track to come out this year if it weren't for the Rona. Yeah. And, the, and then now, yeah, maybe not. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I was originally thinking that it was going to, uh, at least they were targeting this year, realistically, and potentially would have, you know, had it kind of coincide with the PS5 and Xbox Series X releases, um, which they've, of course, done before, like with the Majora's Mask coming out when the PS2 launched in America. Oh. So, I mean, they, they, they've they done stuff like that before, and then also, you know, holidays when they typically seem to, you know, release their um, 
they're big games like Zelda and Mario, or at least near holidays. Um, but I think that it probably would have gotten delayed even outside of COVID-19 just because, I mean, Nintendo doesn't really shy away from delays. And of course, like Breath of the Wild was delayed like years. So I don't think that it was go- ever going to get delayed as many times as the first one. But I'm just saying delays aren't unheard of for Zelda. So I was leaning towards them targeting this year, but it getting pushed back. I think COVID-19 kind of seals that. And I think it'll be holiday 2021. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm and I'm okay with that, because Cyberpunk, Last of Us, I mean, there's so many big games coming out, you know, like... Right. Yeah, it's tough, man. I could see either of your uh, of your points. Um, I don't know. I'm still leaning towards maybe spring of 2021, maybe. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. That'd be nice, yeah. And that's, of course, uh, the first one came out in March... Right, you know, 2017, so that'd be good. Yeah. But it is based um, on the same engine, so it could be a bit faster, because making the engine itself is the time-consuming task. Yeah. Right. Um, so, okay, next one here. This is from Alex, friend of the show as well. He asks, what is your emotional connection to the franchise, slash why does The Legend of Zelda resonate with you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, Josh, give me your thoughts on this. So I, of course, already mentioned the first time I played it was on the 3DS. So I, I hadn't, I hadn't played it before. So I, I'm mentioning that because nostalgia is not a factor for me. Um, what, what resonates for me the most, and what, what, it, what I get from it is just like it, it, it kind of, uh, Bilbo running away from his house, yelling he's going on an adventure. That's the kind of vibe I get from Zelda. Like yeah. it's the closest I've gotten to just feeling like I'm going on a nice, like fun. It's going to be perilous. It's going to be scary. There might be bad shit that happens, but I'm going to go on an adventure where, like, I, I, I can do this. I can be the hero, and I'm going to go through the ups and downs of kind of like a almost Lord of the Rings kind of, you know, journey, and that's that's what I get from Zelda is just that, that sense of adventure that you, you know, like, I mean, I know that, like, Zelda and Uncharted are really different in so many ways, but, I mean, genre-wise, they're, they're kind of almost the same category, you know? Yeah. I, I really like that kind of you know, rush and thrill and just sense of growth over, you know, in, in, in that it kind of adventure genre. Um, and it kind of ticks all the boxes that RPGs hit without all of the little, you know, nuances like leveling up. So in a way, it's almost like an RPG without the weight that an RPG could, you know, carry, which I, I like RPGs are like my favorite games. But, you know, Zelda kind of has the highs from that genre without really too many of the negatives. Yeah, I'm with you. And to sort of build off of what you just said, I I love how weird it gets. That's my mm-hmm. that's why it resonates with me. I mean, think of it think of if you stripped all the weirdness away from Zelda. I mean, I guess it would be still pretty good. Might even still be great. But those Majora's Mask moments or those weird interactions in Breath of the Wild with that guy that builds houses who's like kind of creepy <laughs> I don't know if you know if you remember who I'm talking about, but that... he says something funny when he's shirtless, actually, as well. Yeah, <laughs> or or whatever that you know. If you collect all 900 Korok seeds, you get a big giant piece of shit as your reward. <laughs> like like it, those are the moments, man. I think the or or whatever it maybe something the uh, cows in Majora's Mask, right? Yeah, the cows. Something something maybe even. Uh, less cynical or less weird but but still heartwarming is like you know uh, eating your grandma's soup and that gives you like full health or something in in uh wind waker those little moments i think sort of add up to this huge experience that does resonate with me so 
that's what I love about Zelda. The weird moments, the off-the-wall moments that maybe you weren't expecting. You know, something like They're that. always, like, really, like, human, too. Like, Zelda games never feel like they were made by a committee. They always feel like it's made by people. Right. Like, there's just so many human elements and moments in it. Like, I fucking, like, bust into tears <laughs> almost when uh, Link's leaving his... Uh, Link, you know, whatever. Link's leaving his house and... Um, you know, Wind Waker. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the grandmas there. Like, you know, like, there's just so many moments like that. So many moments uh, just filled with heart. Right. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, I I love this series just because it has so much personality and it has that atmosphere that is super intriguing, you know? Um, the world's so beautifully created. Um, they have so much... Um, in mind <laughs> for the world and like that the, the atmosphere of the game kind of makes you feel uneasy at points and that's what I really like it just gives you that sense of immersion that no other franchise really gives yeah I'm with you yeah um, cool alright uh, we have one more question here and then we'll move on to what we've been playing uh, BS Byerly Brian is his name um, he asks which side character besides Zelda in the entire franchise would you like to see get their own spin-off game? Oh my god. I keep thinking of Tinkle. Isn't there a Tinkle game? I thought there was. There is. Yeah. There was in Japan. Oh, yes. yeah. oh yeah. my god. Tingle. Yeah. Or Tingle. He was a big hit in Japan. They thought he was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Over here, we were like, what's up with this fucking Japanese elf, are dude? fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus. That guy's a creep. <laughs> uh, okay, do you guys... I, I haven't really thought about this. Uh, I've got one. Uh, okay, mine's go Skull Kid. Oh, I just yeah. think it'd be really cool to see like some kind of side game with Skull Kid. He's almost like the the Gollum, like from Lord of the Rings of the series, where like there's actually a lot of like story and kind of like lore, or at least a lot more than you would expect for that character. And I also think it's interesting that he's in Ocarina and Majora's Mask, of course. Right. So I would just like to see, you know, something that kind of you know explores his. Uh, relationship to the world uh, more, e- even if it's not like a traditional Zelda game, just a game with, you know, him as the character would be cool. I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's a that's that's a really good answer. Um, Chris, do you have anything in mind for this one? Um, I'd like to see a game based on one of the champions. That's uh, what I was gonna say. Yeah, I, like I, I'd love to see if I had to choose a specific one, it'd probably be Mitha. Yeah, Mitha's yeah. cool. Um, I like the what's the big guy, the big guy. What's his Darit? name? Darit. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, I think he's really cool. But I honestly, I think having Derek. A, yeah, Derek. That's what it is. Yeah, um, having a game with all of them, I think, would be really cool. Yeah, and, a co-op and, game. Or a co-op game where you, where whatever you can solve the puzzle using any of them. You know. Yeah. And you can. And you know what else would be cool? Like a Fire Emblem kind of SRPG oh with the God. champions. That'd be oh, fucking cool. Yes. That'd be, that'd be really cool too, huh? Even it, it, it could even be kind of like the Rogue One, you know, where it's like you're getting to see what happened before Breath of the Wild. Dude, dude, yes, that's perfect. Yes, yeah, huh? I think I think it'd be super fun to play as the bad guy too, Ganondorf. I think yeah, that'd be fantastic. Why hasn't there ha- there hasn't been a game where you play as? That'd Ganon. be so fucking metal. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know maybe getting some of that backstory from him might make you feel for him a little bit. Yeah, more. and they could give him pistols and a motorcycle like Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh fuck me! <laughs> um, and All then right, stop it there. <laughs> and then Brian ad- or Brian adds, he says his favorites are Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, and A Link to the Past. Um, 
So yeah, yeah Brian. Twilight yeah. Princess is the best. Nah. Let's go. Well, second best. <laughs> oh, so yeah, um, let us know what you know what your favorite Zelda games are. What you'd like to see from the future? Just yeah, you can we can continue this conversation after the episode as well. So and Nintendo, if you're listening, how cool would it be if we didn't have to buy multiple different fucking systems to play all these games? <laughs> yeah, like I'll pay for your games again. Just have them all available yeah. on the Switch. I'd even be happy if they just straight ported them. Like yeah. even if they even yeah, if they didn't too. remaster them. They just like they're all twenty bucks a piece, and you can play them. Whatever, yeah, fine. I would do that. Um, yeah. All right, boys. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come back quickly talk about what we've been playing. I don't think we've been playing anything really new since last time, so shouldn't be too long of a segment. But yeah, yeah, we'll be right back. All right, everybody. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Buddy, and we are back. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, let's end the show with what we've been playing. And like I mentioned before, I don't think we've been playing pretty much anything new because there hasn't really been anything new that's come out since last week. Um, mostly just a lot of Final Fantasy, Call of Duty, Animal Crossing. Uh, I am curious, though. Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on Animal Crossing since you just got your copy. Uh, why don't you talk to us about how that's been going and sort of, I, I specifically want to hear like about the moment when you realized, hey, I actually like this game. I am very surprised, guys. <laughs> very yeah. surprised. Just because I thought it was obnoxious with its with its voices and um, I thought KK Slider was annoying, for example. <laughs> and then I thought the whole idea of like collecting stuff um, like apples and weeds and all sorts of stuff like i I thought that'd be very boring but um i couldn't be any more wrong (laughs) i i am addicted to this game i love how but you you know what makes me addicted is the nook miles yeah because it's giving you it's constantly giving giving you incentives on how to play the game and it's Mm -hmm. teaching you how to play the game in a way as well um yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with it. Um, the voices that come out of the animals uh, make sense <laughs> with the vibe it's getting. Like, I love I'm that. I'm super chilled out with the with the beach and the, the, the sounds of the environment. Um, yeah, it's definitely the game I need right now just to chill out and, uh, you know, try to make your house. Like, dude, like, first, time, first day I played it, I got the house immediately. And now I've got the museum ready to go in two days, uh, and I've only been playing it for two days. So whoa, I, oh. I've been playing a lot of it, dude. I'm, now I'm addicted. Let me ask you this: This is going to be a controversial question, and uh-huh. you can choose not to answer it if you'd like. Uh, yeah. Time travel or no time travel? No time travel. No time. Yeah. Travel. I'm, I'm just playing it, the game. I'm just playing the game as intended. Yep, I'm um, with you. There, there's honestly the inklings of it. I was like. Yeah, I don't want to do this, but nah, I, yeah. I'm fine. I think I've ruined the experience, 
And yeah. I've been told to not do it because I think once you take out that daily routine, what's the point of playing it anymore? Right. You know, I, I agree with you, but there's a huge group of people in the time travel camp and Kennedy is one of them. She is pro time travel yeah. all the way. Josh, <laughs> Josh, what's your stance on time travel? I think time travel is uh, okay if it's like life prevented me from doing this thing that I wanted to do. You know, but other than that, I, I, I try to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like I couldn't go to this guy's birthday party because I had to do, you know, adult stuff. I don't want to make him sad. I'll time <laughs> travel go to his party. <laughs> I, Josh, I also, slight, like... slight correction. Uh, Joseph, uh, Chris, I, I noticed, uh, Chris, you, you said intended. Just wanted to let you know it is nintended. Nintended. <laughs> nintended. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I honestly oh, think the game is trying to teach you to be patient. And it's kind of a refle- uh, reflection on life of, like, things happening as the days go by. And, mm. you know, in this instant gratification world, you know, uh, I think that's a good thing to what a great point. remind people. Yeah. yeah, what a great point. I'm with you. And, One, and, oh, go ahead, sorry. And it's it, I, I love how just everybody was all playing it at the same time, right around when all this craziness started happening. happening. Yeah, I think best, we're, yeah. we're going to remember that forever, right? In 20 years. Remember when mm-hmm. Animal Crossing came out on the Switch during the Rona time? Oh, wow. That was wild. Yeah, really cool. Uh, Josh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say um, uh, the Animal Crossing community uh, sometimes does kind of the thing that the Destiny community does where they will break the game and do everything they can as quickly as they can and then be like, there's nothing to do. Right. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, you, exactly. you rushed this. You did this way faster than they expected you to. And Yeah, that's a good point. You too. know, I'm with you. Yeah. It's easy to try to like achieve your goals faster because, like, the whole point in that moment is, oh, I have to do this next goal. But if you just tried to, to break it and you kind of ruin the, the natural progression, then it kind of can take the enjoyment out. So there's a there's a balance in however you decide to do it. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's blasphemous to time skip, but I don't think that was the way it was intended. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um... One thing, speaking of corrections uh, and and mess ups here, I realized I didn't do the most important part of the show, which is <laughs> there it is. Sorry about that. About an hour and change into the show, <laughs> we have orange sparkling water. This is a Lacroix. It's naturally essenced, whatever the fuck that means. Um, Chris, you want to talk about some Warzone? Yeah, I'm I'm down for some Warzone. Warzone, Yeah. <laughs> so Chris and I have been playing fairly often and yeah we just keep talking about how fucking just fun it is and it's just like it it, we're like constantly on edge and it's like stressful but also just like (laughs) like it's just so like satisfying you know we've never won yet we haven't won yet but we've gotten pretty close um one thing i think we want to just mention is that i wish there I wish it were a duos mode because we keep either getting paired up with somebody who sucks or they leave or they don't get paired up with us at all. So it's a, it's a two, you know, our team is only two. Yeah. You can do don't fill, but then you're playing in hard mode because then you're taking on teams of three mm-hmm. and it's just the two of you. But you could at least, you can do the don't fill thing if you want. And, no, I, I think, I, and I'm not, yeah, that, you, you can't do that because it's a 3v2 all the time. And that's uh, right. when, when we uh, miraculously find ourselves in the last 10 it gets screwed up by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to quickly tell a story because it, <laughs> this happened last <laughs> night. All right. All right. So what were there, like five people left, right? 
I think that's what it was. It was like less than 10 people. Yeah. Like fewer than, yeah, fewer than 10 people. Yeah, it was five. And Chris was, I was the last member alive. And I, 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 the, the map was super small. It was like in the last phase. And I saw two people and I shot, I shot the one in front of me. He went down and then I realized, oh shit, there's another one right ahead. So I shot him and then killed him and he went down. And then I just died. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I had realized that the first guy I shot I didn't actually kill. He self-revived while I was shooting the other guy and killed me standing right next to me. Let me tell you, man, the amount of salt that was going on right there. I was, oh man, I, I was hitting the ass. I was butt hurt. My ass was chapped. What else, Chris? I was pissed, man. I, and I, like hours later, I was telling Kennedy, I'm like, God damn it. I can't believe that guy self-revived. What an asshole. <laughs> So yeah, that, <laughs> very unlucky. Sort of, and you know what's so funny uh, to tie this back to Breath of the Wild, the stories we tell about Warzone, I think, are very mm-hmm. important, right? Like mm-hmm. just all these instances, all these things that just you know only happen to us, right? I think that's really cool. So it's, that's that's the thing about Battle Royale that makes it super compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have a bunch of stories rather than just uh, a bunch of people running around like chicken, right. chickens, just fucking shooting each other in the deathmatch yeah know? yeah it's yeah. a bit more than that right um but so i want to bring up this one as well uh we were in a uh, a gunfight in this cubicle area in this office area oh man <laughs> and they, we were looting these guys and then immediately out of nowhere we get a shot from something like a rocket launcher on an rpg and we're like what the fuck just happened <laughs> yeah like it was like from a different party that we weren't even fighting they just came up and just yeah. Shot us somehow from nowhere. Like we were in the cubicle, we didn't see him and, coming in at all. And the key thing with that is that we were like, okay, we just wiped out the team. We're like feeling good. Yeah, we, we got all we're this like, loot. Fuck yeah, let's we, go. Yeah, we got all this loot. We're like, okay, let me get this weapon. Like getting all ready, and then just out of nowhere, we blew up. Boom! <laughs> one rocket just double killed us. Oh man, that was so funny. So yeah, man, Warzone, one of my favorite games of the year for sure. Uh, Josh, you have been playing a little bit of Kingdom Hearts. How far have you gotten in that? Tell us about your experience. Uh, with not Hearts. very far yet. Uh, I um, I've just been really distracted by Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still on that island place. I basically haven't played it. Oh, since. okay, like, okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to uh, up how often I'm you know like how, the amount of time I'm putting into it once I finish Final Fantasy VII. I'm just really invested in in that right now um but you really said like the to story. me yeah yeah you like the story so far in final fantasy 7 yeah oh, oh i mean in kingdom yeah. hearts like uh, I, I, i'm sure i will i just i because of me being as interested in final fantasy 7 story i've had trouble you know balancing both of them but um i'm sure i i'm sure i will end up enjoying that though but i do remember you saying that you you like the art style and you think it aged pretty well yeah it's 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 um it's really bright and colorful and yeah. the the I know I know this is like the you know the HD remaster but still it cleaned up really nicely. It's really smooth and just, you know, it's bright and warm and I I think that it's 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 really nice to look at which I you know wouldn't naturally expect off a game that's that old, you know. So it's yeah. it's it's impressive that it's held up as well as it has, I think, and a testament to its design. Interesting. Um and we'll talk about Final Fantasy here in a second. Uh do you see yourself playing through the entirety of the series, Josh, of Kingdom Hearts? 
Um, I'm going to at least, even if, I'm sure I will enjoy the first one, but even if I don't, I'm at least going to finish two, because I've heard people say two is, like, their favorite. Yeah. Um, but Chris told me not to play them back to back, because I might get burnt out. So, I'm going to try to kind of, you know, um, bounce around, uh, chronologically while sprinkling in other games throughout this year, that way I don't get, you know, burnt out. I would try to get um, a summary of Chain of Memories, that was the Game Boy Advance game. And it's based on cards, and it's not that interesting. Like people have, people say though that they love the story and they think it's the best storyline in the series. Uh, but to me, like I, I just don't enjoy that game at all. Is that one the one that takes place after the first one? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll at least play through two, even if I'm not. Despite no matter how much I'm enjoying it, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard two is really good. So, uh, Josh, I also I see here that you've been playing some Fortnite. Did you catch the uh, the concert the other day? Um, I didn't. I wasn't really. I was busy when that was happening, but I did check out like a, a, a stream of somebody, uh, you know, that did you know attend. I thought it was really cool. Um, I think regardless of um in someone's opinion of Fortnite and or Travis Scott, I think it's definitely really neat, and I think that we should. I would like to see more of it, not only from Fortnite, but I'd like to see more um, implementation of, of other media when when it's possible to do, um, you know, without being a detriment to the game, other other games. I think that's cool. You know, I, I hope we see more stuff like this because it's it was really cool. Yeah, and and Chris and I were talking while we were playing Warzone. He, I think Chris, you were straight up just like, "Do you think we'll see a concert in this game?" I don't think yeah. we will, but yeah, I mean the. Maybe if it's not a concert, but something else, like another in-game event. I mean, I could see something like that happening with Call of Duty because of their, uh, you know, with, with the music Easter eggs and, the, and zombies. That's true. You know, like, they're, they're not foreign to, to, to doing that concept at all, you know, uh, as, a, as in general. Right. So I think we, we could see it. They Didn't they do something with Avenged Sevenfold, I think, if I remember correctly? I, I think so. I think my, I man, my brother, I liked playing zombies with him over the years, and we still do, because he'll, he'll actually put in the work and, like, learn the ins and outs and i just get to kind of play with him but yeah there were so many cool little songs that they would like hide and then like you could get like teleported to different spots and yeah zombies had a lot of cool easter eggs so i think they did do something with avenge sevenfold yeah but i don't know what they would do i don't know what music would make the most sense for warzone um but i think they, it'd be kind of cool if they did something especially I see them doing a night watch event hmm yeah that'd be cool yeah um, all right, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Final Fantasy VII. I don't know that we've played a whole lot more of it, but uh, any thoughts? I've played a lot more than I'd played before, okay. I think. Okay, then Josh, yeah, we'll let you talk a little bit more about it then, because I think Chris and I have only gotten a little bit further, so I don't yeah. know that we have much more to say. I think last time we talked, I think I had like like probably like seven or eight hours, and I've got a little over 20 now. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I think I've got like 22 hours now, something like that. So without spoilers, have, I mean, have your thoughts changed? Have they evolved? What, what, are you, what are you thinking um, about this I think my thoughts are still the same uh, as far as positives and negatives go. Um, I've seen plenty more examples of just really distracting textures. Oh, man, you know, yeah. Next to other textures. Yeah. Um, I tried to share a video clip here and there um, that kind of wasn't, you know, like like main mainline story stuff. It was just like side quests and stuff that kind of showed it, but it's just, I don't know. Um, I think I still feel the same way about that. I think ultimately it can still be worth it because the parts of that game that look good, look fucking amazing. Like so good. Um, 
But, you know, there there are times you're like, oh, that's right, I'm playing a video game. This guy looks like he's in a PS2 game in the year 2020. So, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. It's 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 a concession that makes sense, and it's a concession I think I'm okay with. But it, it definitely is something that still, you know, can pull you out of it. Um, I, I have to up more to side quests. Yeah, that's true. yeah, that would be great. I'm, I'm, and I know we haven't had it officially confirmed that it's coming to Xbox and PC, but like, it's it, it is a play first on PlayStation as far as the sticker on the box goes. It's not an actual full on PlayStation exclusive. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because this generation Xbox has been very big on like, hey, look how Red Dead One looks now on you know the Xbox One X. So I'm actually excited to see. Um, that seems to be Xbox's angle when PlayStation gets something first. Which is, hey, this doesn't on here first, but look how much better it looks. And that's not meant to be a fanboy thing. I'm just saying I'm looking forward to seeing what they do maybe with like a year one or year two update when it comes out on, you know, PS5 and or it's updated for PS5 and, you know, Xbox Series X, PC, etc. Because I'm hoping that not only like the community, like as far as like PC and mods go, but like I could even see Square, you know, could maybe they're still working on the game and it selling like fucking gangbusters on ps4 releasing you know finally releasing may have given them a huge cash infusion that makes it easier to continue work on it you know and so, also square enix has a history of putting out final fantasy 15 on windows you know that was like that enhanced edition oh that yeah game. that's right so and they did that with final fantasy 13 too yeah 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 I remember because uh, when it when it became backwards compatible on Xbox One, there was like a more in-depth video in Digital Foundry. And it was because, hey, this version actually has this, some of the stuff the PC version had, you know, that Ooh. wasn't on 360 and PS3. So like Final Fantasy 13 actually like looks like a lot fucking better on Xbox One than, you know, a traditional, you know, uh, kind of yeah. cleaned up uh, game. Where's so, that remaster? Uh, <laughs> mm. The free, original free games, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, one thing that I mentioned last time was, hey, I'm not really enjoying these side quests too much. Maybe they could have made people look better and skip some of these. I've, I've, I've come around more on the side quests. Um, when I was, I'm, I'm going to be vague and not give anything that way that really matters. Um, when I was talking about that before, it was like I didn't like, um, I didn't like looking for cats and shit like that. <laughs> you know, like it just, it's. I don't want to do this. Don't make me do this. Yeah. Um, Even Cloud is a... kind of hesitant as well. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to. Um, uh, there's been a lot of a lot of other uh, side quests I've done since then, though, that I've really enjoyed. Um, I'll, I'll just be very vague. If, you, if you've if you done it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you won't. Um, uh, the Graveyard. I really liked that oh, side quest. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Um, that was, was really heartwarming. And, and yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And that was really good. Um... There's also a character development thing that happened with Cloud at the end of that, where he was being helpful while pretending to be a dick to kind of make a guy <laughs> feel better, and that was cool. Yeah. Um, and I also liked... Um, there was a couple side quests where you're helping kids that I thought felt um, true to the series as, as far as, like, this fits in the context of the game, and it's fun, and it's a little tropey, but, like, it's, it's good tropey. Um, and then I also... Um, again, being very vague, uh, really, uh, all of the, pretty much all of the side quests I, that Cloud did with Aerith, I enjoyed, you yeah. know, like they felt natural. So I did change my mind on that. I think just some of the earlier side quests maybe weren't as strong. And so I think I was worried that, oh, we're going to see 
this is the quality of side quests we're gonna get, you know. But really, I th- I think I I think uh, I've come around on that because. But I also better. I also felt like those side quests kind of helped the development between Tifa and Cloud at that point. They were yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I can't imagine if they if they cut the bulk of those out, I couldn't imagine that because I think yeah. that they did a lot with that. Yeah. So um, that was the only thing I wasn't super hot on that I've come around on. Um, the only other thing that I you know. Uh, don't think the game does well is the you know lack of immersion at times with the distractions with textures and that hasn't gone away but at the same time this is a great example for me of a game that is probably an 8 out of 10 but it feels like a 10 because overall the faults don't really matter because the experience as a whole is just you know so satisfying yeah and i wanted to touch quickly too on things that i've changed my mind on as well one thing is uh, about the, the game's difficulty. Uh, last week, I was like, you know, I think it's appropriately difficult. Well, I have since then turned it down to easy difficulty because I'm a journalist. <laughs> I think it's hard, too. And, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm playing it wrong. I don't know. But I am. I was just getting my ass kicked. Like, that house fight, that's all I'll say, is just house fight. Uh, I, I spent probably two hours maybe three hours on that, and I just could not do it. Are I had... you using the ass, uh, uh, assess stuff? Assess? The assess. Yeah, yeah, I use assess, and I don't know. I finally got it on easy, and then I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, but, sometimes uh, even knowing what to do, sometimes it's hard to, to implement it. Yeah. You know, what the game's asking yeah. you to do for it to, to properly and quickly stagger an enemy before the amount of damage it's doing to your party is it's just, like, almost impossible to recover from. Sometimes you have to pull off a lot of combinations of um uh materia where it's just like it's difficult to do right you know like sometimes just knowing what to do is half the battle yeah and then the other thing i wanted to say that i've changed my mind on a little bit is what i said about cloud last week about how i thought he was boring um i just recently got to the honeybee section of the game and Mm. yeah he (laughs) lots of character development there that's all i'll say uh and i think i do think cloud's a cool character yes Um, yeah Woo. All right. Do you want to say what chapter we're on to, just like for our listeners? Yeah, I'm on chapter 10. What about you, Chris? Chapter 9, I believe. Okay, Josh? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm like, uh, I think I'm like at the beginning of 9. Okay, so we're all like about, you know, 15 to 20 hours in somewhere. Yeah, now. I'm just doing side quests in that Las Vegas-like area, Wall- Walmart, which, like, by the way, Walmart. really puts me off that name. I just keep thinking yeah. of Walmart. I'm yeah, like, yeah. The fuck <laughs> i just call it the super center town um i'm, I'm with you like to add to what i said before and what you just said I'm, i've been playing a lot most of the side quests too i think most of the side quests um are worth doing i've, I've been doing like pretty much all of them I oh think, yeah, uh, you should be the doing the, the research extra scenes oh yeah true um also the the research with uh chadley oh yeah that's yeah. Cool. i think that's cool yeah i like that yeah, it's a cool game, man, um, and I'm really excited to finish it. I'm just sort of taking my time with it, sort of like Red Dead. You know, I, just, I play a couple hours every now and then, and then I'll finish it when I finish it. It's not like, you know, we have to rush to get it finished because, uh, number one, might be a little bit more dry for this year, which I'm totally fine with, and who knows when we're going to get part two of this. So I'm taking my time. <laughs> I think that's okay. Something else that I want to uh, mention, too, that I, I hope this game uh, does, I'm hoping this game... Um, shows more people that like sometimes having some rails in an RPG is a good thing mm-hmm. and everything doesn't have to be open world. It's it's okay to have this kind of in the middle uh, where you, you you have freedom, but you're also like, here's the rails. And I, I think that that can be a strength 
um, for not only narrative, but also um, it can help me get more enjoyment out of the game because it's easier for me to relax because I don't have to think as much about what I want to do next because the game presents me with easy, you know, here's these four things. Go ahead and do them in any order. You know, that that makes yeah. it easy to enjoy, just jump into enjoyment instead of kind of feeling kind of over- overwhelmed right. sometimes, you know? Yeah. So I hope, I hope we see more games um, do that. I hope that this show is more 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 people i hope i hope more people are receptive to this and i hope developers are allowed yeah. to you know do that yeah. worlds don't need to be gigantic please for the love of god you just make it linear if you have to bring budgets down and uh, bring down the scope because like i i don't need these massive huge worlds i'd love to see uh, games like this that have small corners but they have so much detail to them it's insane mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and yeah. hopefully this leads to more Final Fantasy Thirteen love because that game got dunked on for being too linear. And guess what? That's not a bad thing, guys. It's yeah. okay. Bring it those games to game. Switch. Bring those games to Switch. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's a pretty good spot to end on. Oh Jesus! For the day. Long. Yeah, we went a little long. That's all right. Um, cool. So that's been episode sixty-six. We'll be back next week for a regular episode with news and, um, you know, hopefully a normal. Uh, length of time there we'll see we always try to get to that you know sweet spot at around an hour and change but then we inevitably go too long um so thank you everybody for listening chris where can people find you when you're not on the show uh you can find me at penwell writes on twitter uh you can find me at sipreadrepeat.com and uh, switchwatch.co.uk i just put out a bunch of uh interviews out uh one with um the the developer of best friend forever which is like a mixture of dating sim and dog simulator so it's really cool and then i put out uh, a interview with um the guys who made um uh, them's fighting herds it's kind of like a game that's inspired that was inspired by my little pony and they, it was originally a fan game, but it was turned into an actual proper <laughs> game uh, with um, the show creator actually helping them out <laughs> as a director. Really um, so awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check those interviews out. Um, you could also check my Let's Speak Geek podcast um, that I talked about at the top of the show. Um, so you can search for that on any podcast platform. And you can listen to my new podcast with Vaughn Hyde, Go beyond a My Hero Academia podcast, and it's been super fun. And uh, the last episode we recorded, episode three, um, is fantastic. We went into the nitty gritty and our personal theories on um, how the characters are evolving, and um, we get a bit personal as well. So, especially me. So, check that. <laughs> Chris, you're a busy boy. Very busy. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, Josh, when you're not on the show, where can people find you? At Mr. Josh Nichols on Twitter and uh, Twitch, JerkJersh77. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, right now I'm mostly just playing Final Fantasy, so I haven't really been streaming anything. That's cool. Um, and for me, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Yaden. And perhaps at, uh, I'll have a little announcement to make about an mm. outlet I'm writing for soon. So we'll maybe by next week you guys will hear about that. So we appreciate everybody for listening, and we will see you next week for episode 67. Bye. Bye. Bye.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.